Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, listeners. Your UCLA Bruins cruised past the Denver Pioneers in their last game and now sit at 7-3 and three on the season with Notre Dame slated as their next opponent. You are listening to the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, and we are your hosts, David and Travis Ware. We're going to start off today's show with a brief overview of what we saw against the UCLA game against the Denver Pioneers. Uh... In my opinion, the game was never really in jeopardy after UCLA jumped out to 11-0 start and uh, never looked back. Yeah, we kind of let them get back in the game there after we jumped up 11-0. I think they closed the game within one point um, around the 10-minute mark, which ideally, in my opinion, I don't think they they should let that happen against a team like Denver. And, it, and we see that starting to kind of come up and bite the Bruins against tougher opponents where we don't have the firepower offensively to get down and then claw our way back into games. We need to be able to put opponents away early on in the game and be able to ride that lead throughout the rest of throughout the rest of regulation. Uh, all right, I'll agree with you on that point. Um, in my opinion, though, it did look like UCLA was the better team. Obviously, the, the you know basketball is a game of runs. Uh, UCLA Bruins did allow Denver to cut the lead, but I thought the Bruins handled their stuff the entire game and, and took care of business. They ended up winning by, what, 20, 21? What was the spread, Dave? They lo- Yeah, they won by 19. 19. And Cody Riley played really well for us. He had 21 points, 11 rebounds in 22 minutes, so that's great. Jaime, um, another solid game. Yeah, um, Coach, du- double figures, three of his last four games. Yeah, Coach Cronin is really looking and uh, leaning on Jaime to play big minutes for the Bruins right now. And honestly, right, he looks like one of our, if not the best, all-around offensive player for us with his ability to shoot the ball, put it on the ground, get to the rim. He just looks very polished. And as a freshman, you don't really see that too often. So I'm sure Coach Cronin is pleased with how he's been coming oh, yeah, out of offen- I would say offensively, there's not a lot of, um, at least in the collegiate game, there's not a lot of holes in his game. Um, he can shoot it, uh, put it on the ground, pass, distribute, get to the rim. Uh, he's a pretty good athlete, too. He's able to finish above the rim and transition. Um, and defensively, he's uh, he's holding his own. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest question mark regarding you know him coming into season. And is, I think Coach Cronin was worried about as a freshman what is his def- ability to guard. His, of yeah, his his defensive intensity. But he's proven that he's more than capable of handling his fair share of the work on that end of the floor. And yeah. he he gives us a nice. Uh, um, three-point option on the offensive end to help space the floor for us. Yeah, and the Bruins rounded out their double-figure scores with Prince Ali, who uh, added 11 in 27 minutes. Um, so overall, a good game, a good win by the Bruins. Heading into two very tough opponents. I know we're only going to talk about Notre Dame in this episode, but then they have North Carolina coming up after. Um, and Notre Dame is on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment against a veteran-laden team. 
Um, this is definitely this is definitely going to be the Bruins' uh, most difficult. I mean, I wouldn't say opponent-wise, but as environment. far as an environment, this is going to really gear them up to for what they're going to face in it, come Pac-12 play. Yeah. But I don't want to jump ahead to that game uh, just quite yet. Just quite yet. We still need to talk about some other things. Uh, Chris, had, Chris, Chris Smith had a really quiet game against Denver, only having um, four points and three rebounds in, in 20 minutes. You'd like to see him be more productive. He didn't have a field goal. Um, he was 0 for 4, um, 0 for 2 from the three. Yeah, made, that, made all of his free throws, so but, he's still shooting 90-plus percent from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 14 assists, nine turnovers, though, so we're still struggling to get to that 2-to-1 ratio, especially against a team that... It looked like we had them outmatched from the start. I think that ratio should have been more in our our favor. Uh, 15 offensive rebounds to their six offensive rebounds. That's great. That's to be expected. We've been winning the war on the glass. Uh, Every game this year. Uh, Uh, But again, our our three-point percentage continues to um, be a little bit lackluster. 22.7% from the the three-point line this game. I think we're at 30% on the season, which isn't quite going to cut it. Um, and we see that kind of translating into a bit of a bog down offense at times. Teams really packing in the paint, and uh, then we're struggling to get a lot of continuity on the offensive end. So we need to, and I think that's part of the reason why Jaime is playing. I mean, one, he's he's made the most of the minutes he's gotten, but he's also able to stretch he's the floor. A, he's that perimeter threat that is going to force defenses to kind of come out of that packed. Um, not zone, but that packed defensive concept that they're going to be playing against the Bruins, who especially, have not been shooting. Yeah, um, especially when we're trying to play around uh, Hill and Riley. Yeah, uh, you need to give those guys space because one-on-one, Mick Cronin has said it. He, he said it last game, uh, post-game for Cody Riley, that he's going to score the ball if he's being defended by one guy. Mm-hmm. And shout-out to him for a career game. Um, career high in points, rebounds, and made field goals, 21-11, and he had nine made field goals out of 13 shots. Mm-hmm. So super productive, looked great. Great. Yeah, I've been I've been really impressed with how the UCLA Bigs have performed this year. Um, whether it's you know one of them is always stepping up every single game. We're yeah. usually getting one of those guys in the high teens and in a good rebounding game, um, and then they both been protecting the paint really well. And obviously, our rebounding advantage goes without saying. Uh, we've been winning the war on the glass every game in and game out. Um, as a team, we got. Four guys averaging double digits right now. We got Prince close to 11 points, Jalen Hill at 11.5, Chris Smith at 11.5, and and then also Cody Riley at 11.5 points a game. Um, And, you know, we're putting up close to 75 points a game, which which is very solid. Uh, we're, We're averaging 38 rebounds a game, which is great. But, again, like we talked about last episode, um... What seems to be our Achilles heel this year so far is our three-point shooting percentage as well as our assist-to-turnover ratio. That'll come around, and and I think that's one of the main focuses that uh, Coach Cronin seems to be reiterating over and over is he keeps bringing up ball control, ball control, ball Mm -hmm. control. Um, stressing the fact that when the Bruins do handle the ball and take care of the ball, they're they're a good team, um, and uh, they could they can score as long as they're taking care of the rock and just making the easy play. I think they have a tendency sometimes for goal, for some of their guards to get a little like ball hungry and mm-hmm. hang onto the ball and pound it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're just moving the ball, they look a lot better. Yeah, um, but back to the point I was trying to make is we're. we're we're averaging close to 14 assists per game, 
but we're giving we also have 13 turnovers a game so that's uh that's not ideal and that's not gonna cut it come uh come conference time and where we ultimately want to finish and we project the Bruins too and we talked about this earlier in the year we felt like they were a top five team uh in In conference in in the Pac-12 so in order to be that top five team we need to uh cut down on the turnovers and look to share the ball and start knocking down some open shots that'll come with better looks um and as guys get more comfortable uh with one another again it's a it's a young team Um, a lot of these most of these guys haven't played together uh that much if at all Mm mm-hmm um, so you just give them some more games to get under their belt, and I'm sure they're going to start start finding some continuity. Um, but you said, like like you and I talked about, we we believe that the Bruins are going to finish in towards the upper half of conference top five. Man, the Pac-12, though, has looked extremely, extremely good to start the year. Um, four teams currently in the top 25, I believe, in Colorado – Arizona, Oregon, and Washington. Washington. But I don't like um, Washington dropped the one to Gonzaga. Um, well, I wouldn't say dropped the one to Gonzaga. Gonzaga was the better team. They mm-hmm. lost to Gonzaga, um, you know. But Washington is still scary in the fact that they have a lot of very long athletes and they have some talent. Yeah, a lot of talent. They play a great. They play a difficult system, and I think it's a it's someone that's gonna pose a difficult matchup for us in the in the fact that they play zone yeah and they're gonna force us to shoot a lot of outside shots well i think they will see zone multiple times in conference mm-hmm. as teams you know you play these teams two times each mm-hmm. oh well, not and not only that but you also have a handful of games to scout leading up to conference yeah. play and oregon state is typically a, a zone team mm-hmm. as well so the ucla bruins will see their fair share of zone mm-hmm. Um, so the guard play is going to have to to step up and, and knock down shots and be able to penetrate those gaps and and continue to dump down and get their bigs easy looks because their bigs have proven this year in Cody Ryland and Jalen Hill that they can score down low with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And I think we also, the fact that we will play against quite a bit of zone this year, I think that gives us an advantage on the offensive rebounding end, which, you know, historically out of, and you know when you play against a zone or when you play a zone defense, it's not always easy to find guys to match up and box out against. So, um, you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. One, we might struggle shooting the ball, but two, we'll have an advantage advantage on the offensive glass. Yeah, I I, I was watching some. You know, we've been watching a lot of college ball this year and uh, watching a lot of these. Uh, ex-coaches who are now on these radio st- uh, radio stations and radio shows and TV shows talk about um, the Pac-12 and how impressed that they've been with it. And I'm hearing a lot of a lot of them say that Washington potentially is a dark horse um, for a late tournament run. Uh, well, I see that because one, they're young, so yeah. they're only going to get better as the year goes on. Yeah. Generally, generally, you see that with younger teams as freshmen start to get more comfortable, then you really start to see them expand their game and yeah. and see the team improve as a whole. So I can absolutely see that. But also, I mean, Oregon is so you know they're so poised, they're so well coached. Dana Altman is has, has always historically been a great coach, and he's always he's one of those coaches that will always make in game adjustments that are going to throw you off. And just to you know expand on your point that you just made, I watched them play Seton Hall, and they were down nineteen in the set in the going in the second half, and they put that full court they press put a full on court press on out and of nowhere, completely changed the game. Yes, exactly, and that was a you know I hadn't seen them press really much at all this year. Yeah. And then to see them make that in-game adjustment and 
you know, leading them to a 19 from a 19 point deficit to a, a win over a really solid CNL team was, was one of the best players in the country. Yeah, that was extremely impressive to watch. So again, I think Oregon, you say Washington's a dark horse. Oregon is You, you look at a, the Pac-12 when you go on the road if you, when you go up to the Bay Area, Stanford Cal, you know, Cal might be down but Stanford is looking um they've had a pretty surprisingly great mm-hmm. but i think a lot of people didn't expect much from them either to start the mm-hmm. year and now they sit i don't know what their record is uh specifically Maybe it's seven and two seven and two eight and two something yeah. like that they only have one or two losses but they've looked great every time i've watched them play mm-hmm. they have no road trip where it's going to be a guaranteed not guaranteed but where there's going to you know be two you know, middle of the line opponent. They're always going to play a top tier team when they go to the Bay or Washington or Arizona mm-hmm. um, or out to the Rockies when they play Utah and uh, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, there's not going to be any any road trips this year where I don't think it's a, a foregone foregone conclusion that we're going to get two wins on the road or even at home for that matter. When know. they play those those teams at home, they got one of those one of those teams is is going to be extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You know that being said, I, I like I like where we're at. I definitely there's still room for improvement. Of course, there's always going to be room for growth with a young team, mm-hmm. uh, but I still I, I see us making those strides coming into conference. And again, the the Bruins are going to have two um, top notch opponents in Notre Dame and North Carolina to yeah. really to really sure things up uh, before conference play. I would like to see some improvement against these next two opponents from what we saw against like Michigan State and against BYU because these next two teams we play they're kind of similar in the sense of the the top teams we played already that they have um, senior leadership they're they're very poised they run their they run their offense uh, extremely efficiently i mean i'm looking at Notre Dame right now and they they have they only have 10 turnovers a game but they average um, 18 assists per game so they almost have a two they almost have a two to one assist to turnover ratio and that that comes with being extremely poised running your offense extremely efficiently and having senior leadership on the floor that is able to um kind of weather the storms and and the different uh you know runs that opponents will go on throughout the game yeah but with the senior laden team you see the continuity that they already have at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year just because these guys have played so much together you see them moving and talking and being organized being an organized collective unit on both sides of the floor i think you see that in spurts with the ucla bruins but as the season goes on and their identity starts to form a little bit more, I think we'll see that continuity start to grow. Uh, but this I is, think that's been most evident for me is when they've played against these teams like Michigan State and BYU, it's just you can just visually see that they're playing against a team that's like moving as a collective unit, whereas the Bruins look more as more individual, like mm-hmm. talented individuals. But our, our youth really shows up in games when we play veteran teams. It's it's pretty evident to see. Yeah. I also think, you know, this game against Notre Dame this weekend, it's going to be a grown man's game in the paint. I mean, you got a Notre Dame team that's averaging 41 rebounds uh, per game and letting their team, uh, letting their the opponent only get 39. So they're... they're they are in the plus column in terms of their margin and rebounding, and they played some pretty big, pretty athletic, pretty good teams. Um, 
the, particularly they got a big guy, John Mooney down low, who's averaging 13 rebounds a game and 15 points a game. Uh, big guy, 6'10", 250, um, very efficient down low. So they also oh, take – like you, you expanded on this earlier. You, you said Notre Dame takes care of the ball. They're also the, um, the sixth-ranked team in the country in assists per game, mm-hmm. number one in the ACC at 18 per game. Um, so you know that you're going to have to really plug the gaps – Force the extra pass by Notre Dame and let them play deep into the shot clock. Um, I think that's going to be your best, your best, your best option in helping your team get stops. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins have the the athletes and the length and the and the physical attributes to to cause Notre Dame problems. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of you know if the Bruins are going to come out and have each other's back and really um, help one another out and. And go out there with the mindset that's gonna be. It's gonna take a collective effort to really take down the Fighting Irish. Yeah, and and back to what I was saying. I think Hill and Riley are both gonna have their work cut out for them down though this game. Uh, they're not a particularly great shooting team um, from three, especially. They only shoot. They're sub thirty five percent from three this year. So, if if anything, I think that's something that the Bruins could kind of. Uh, you know, at least have ease their ease their worry a little bit. They're not they're not a team that's filled with a bunch of really really great shooters. Um, they have a couple guys. One of their guards can shoot you know, is shooting forty three percent. Another one is close to forty percent from three. Other than those two guys, they're all about you know low thirties to to high twenties. So guess guess where John Mooney ranks nationally in rebounds per game? At thirteen a game, I would say he's top ten. He's number one. Really? Okay, so the top rebounder in the country yeah. is facing off against uh, our UCLA Bruins. Yeah, 13.2 a game. So Yeah, he's a... He's that a go, it goes without being said that, that Jalen Hill and Cody Riley are going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah, he's a big body down low for sure, and he's, got, he's definitely a, a load on the, uh, on the offensive glass. Um, if he gets it under the hoop, foul him. He's only shooting fifty-two percent from the free throw line. So if you're not in, yeah, if, if the if Bruins bigs tra- are not in foul trouble, do not let him get easy and ones and easy putbacks. You better wrap him up and send him the free throw line and make him earn it there. Um, so again, we, I, we got to give a quick shout out to Rex Fluger. Yeah, um, graduate. Yeah, um, a current modern day monarch or former modern day monarch and a, a good buddy of ours who lives down here in Orange County. Uh, next to us, um, having a good student. year. Great, great glue guy for them. Um, does all the dirty work. Does everything he needs to be doing. Currently averaging six points, four rebounds a game. So happy for him. He's doing well. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and uh, just a good all-around human being. So all around, just looking at the stats, this is a pretty evenly matched game in terms of we allow. I mean, we score about 75 points a game. They score about 75 points a game. They allow 65 points a game, which is, you know, we're very similar in terms of our field goal percentages and uh, points per game. I think it's really all going to come down to how we take care of the ball. Um, clearly, they're a team that shares the ball very well and takes and values the ball. Um, so it seems that Mike Bray and Mick Cronin kind of have the same fo- like philosophy as it comes to their teams. They, mm-hmm. they play hard defense, and they, they just try to take care of the ball and get good shots on the offensive side. They're, they're, you know, they're very inside out. They, they play a very balanced attack. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're really well coached. Both teams are very well coached. Um, I just think I, I want to see how our young guys go into this game 
and handle this hostile environment being in Notre Dame. Um, probably a very this good could be crowd. a Saturday game at noon, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, noon our time, 3, 3 p.m. out there in Indiana. Or 2. 2 p.m. maybe. I don't know. But mountain time, East Coast time, whatever. Um, you know, the fans are going to be rowdy. They're going to mm-hmm. be ready to go. Saturday game, they're going to be pre-gaming beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the students, I'm sure, are going to be out in full force. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the 50th meeting between the two programs. Uh, UCLA hold, holds the overall record um, with 29 wins to Notre Dame's 20. Uh, UCLA beat uh, Notre Dame last year on a Chris Wilkes uh, last second jumper with 0.7 left on the clock. So I'm sure there's going to be some bad blood there as Notre Dame is looking to get revenge on that game from last year. Um, overall, it's going to be a great a, a great environment, a great game, and I, we hope everyone tunes in to watch. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's a great test for the young Bruins, something that they need to face right now, uh, playing on the road in another school's home environment and a hostile crowd. Uh, gearing, up, gearing them up for a really difficult opponent the following week against North Carolina in Vegas and then right into Cal State Fullerton and then conference play. So overall, you know, the Bruins are, you know, doing good things this year, a little room for improvement here and there, just as long as we continue to take steps forward and, and not take any steps backward. That's what I'm looking for. But expecting a very good, challenging game this weekend, What really well fought, um, expected battle down low between some of their bigs and our bigs so it's, it's going to be a war for sure we want to thank you all for tuning in to today's episode and we look forward to having you on next week's episode as we highlight the bruins game against notre dame and we look forward to their game against north carolina again thank you all and happy holidays For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.